welcome to this week's Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast and we have a win to talk about, an away win, two away goals, what a treat. On this Premier League season so far we've had no, no hint of such highs so let's enjoy the moment and we come to you from our usual random slash salubrious location this time. Leicester Forest East Services, you may be familiar with it, it stretches over the top of the M1. We are on our way home from Liverpool on Saturday night. You may be able to hear the uh, cars zooming by underneath us at uh, what, 70 plus miles an hour, which is quite a strange experience. I am Dave Freezer, and I am joined by Paddy Dabbit and Connor Southwell to review Norwich City winning 2-0 at Everton. Moving off the bottom of the Premier League table, and it has been... A very good away day for once, hasn't it, Pat? Indeed. I think it's only fitting we should start by uh, acknowledging there's one of our number who's no, not with us today. I said no longer with us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a bit too gr- dramatic. But uh, Going to Australia does not mean quite that. Well, it might have to be because clearly he's a jinx. So, <laughs> to- Tony Frussell, if you're listening to this from uh, Perth, Western Australia, you might need to stay there. Uh, as Connor pointed out on his Instagram, we were seeing pictures of lovely blue sky and beaches before kickoffs. So you crack on, mate, uh, because you might be a jinx, as I say. If they, if they basically, he's when's he back, Dave? He's back for Leicester, isn't he? Yeah, Leicester all the way. Yeah. Right. Well, if they don't lose a game between now and then, then it, we might have to stay in a cupboard. Then he's sacked. Yeah. <laughs> well, it started off. Well, it's been a it's been a good away day from sort of start to finish, really, hasn't it? But just to have two goals to enjoy, let, let alone a win, it, it it just feels like such a release, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think that's exactly it. It's a, it's a relief, isn't it, for everyone um, after well, pretty much since that Manchester City game, it's it's, it's been just been a, a sea of negativity and um, it's been disheartening. I think uh, the recent run of form because it's not been a lack of effort, and sometimes I think. When it's a lack of effort, then you, you can probably vent anger a bit more. It's it's just been, um, oh, it's been a lot of uh, of mitigating situations in in terms of injuries, and um, I suppose you could you could argue tactics as well. But yeah, today felt like a a, a massive boost for everyone. I think, um, and, and as you say, when you do clock up the miles on the motorway and, and whatnot, these these are the moments that that you do celebrate and you do hold on to because. Uh, as you say, an away win in the Premier League, two goals and a clean sheet as well on the road, it's very hard to come by. So, um, yeah, you've got to treasure this moment and savour it. And uh, those Norwich fans in, in that pocket of Goodison Park certainly did this afternoon, and, and rightly so, I think, after what they've had to endure recently. I'll tell you what, let's uh, change things up a little bit. We've got three player interviews after this one. As you can imagine, everyone was very happy to speak. Um, let's kick off with Norwich City number one, Tim Krull, who was, of course, a very happy man. Congratulations to start with. How how chuffed are you? Well, I saw those hugs at f- full time. That felt like it meant a lot. It does, it does, because it's been a hard time. We've we felt we're on the right way. Uh, the boss has tried to say that for the last two weeks. We're, we're doing well, and it's it's hard to believe it when you, the results are not there. But we, uh, even at Brighton, we felt we were solid, but the luck wasn't quite there. But today, everything felt in place. I think. Uh, Everybody was putting the body on that. What we spoke about before, there was a few times that three or four went out to block it, and it's just so nice to see for me to stand behind that. Uh, Simbo, obviously, uh, it would get loads and loads of uh, plaudits, and rightly so, because it's nice to have uh, to have the big big guy back because he's uh, he's such an important uh, player for us. 
and I felt like that benefited Ben immediately. It yeah, almost looked like Ben was sort of back to his best straight away. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's no disrespect to the boys who stepped in, but they were midfielders, you yeah. know, they've, they've done a job for it, and um, <laughs> it's such a amazing league, but it's unforgiving, you can't play players out of position constantly, and um, and we felt that, um, but today we, there was a real good buzz the last few days about it, and yeah, the way the manager set us up, I think, is a massive, massive um, plus to him, because uh, we were more solid today, and um, to have Alex, uh, Teti, and Tom Tribal, literally, there's not much coming through there, and uh, Sam Byron again, what a, play, what a game he had as well, so... Yeah, I can literally go to the team and tot, uh, chasing back O'Neill and just, and yeah, Puki was a bit upset at half time, but the, the work he put in in the second half was just uh, incredible again. And we managed, uh, I think we have to mention Dennis Rainey because yeah. he, he uh, how patient he had to be has just been incredible. And I've been telling him the last couple of weeks, your time is going to come this month because obviously Josip uh, injury and, and said this could be it and look at him he's, he's done it so buzzing OK I will bring you a bit of Todd Campbell and Sam Byron before we uh, say goodbye as well uh, but let's let's go back to the start pad um, Daniel Farker made changes for this one didn't he made a big call Emmy Buendia benched Christoph Zimmerman comes straight back in uh, so that means Kenny McLean gets pushed into the sort of number 10 role with Todd Campbell starting on the right and Sam Byron comes in at left back for Jamal Lewis who has just got this little minor knee injury isn't he which they're, which they're resting and, and hoping isn't going to be anything too much and overall I think everybody's you know pretty much in agreement that, that Daniel got it right well, 100% 100% uh, all the aforementioned and even you've got the, the icon Dennis Romani coming on and getting his first Premier League goal <laughs> um, when probably when the team news dropped it was a and let's be honest, we, we certainly, I was certainly guilty of it myself. You know, you'd like to see Ida maybe instead of Dennis in the 18. But yeah, what a, what a hand he, he, he played uh, this afternoon, Mr. Farker, because um, notably, Buendia out, McLean in, transformed what Norwich were trying to do at the top end of the pitch. Um, ended the isolation of Timu Puki as well, uh, gave him that physical presence. Uh, which they don't have, and obviously, with Emi Buendia in that role. And then at the back, Zimmerman, transformational, both in his own game and, more importantly for me, Ben Godfrey. That looked like a, a different Ben Godfrey this afternoon, particularly in the second half when Everton did try and up it because they were very poor in the first half. Um, the number of blocks he made, there was one minute, minute and a half spell where I think he made three excellent, just threw his body in the way of shots raining in. Um and then I remember a very good near post block as well a bit later in the half and on most of those occasions the first person to him was Zimmerman hauling him off the floor there was a bear hug I think between them at one point you can just see that those two have a really special bond um, which probably got over underplayed really in the in the run to the promotion because it was all about Pookie and Buendia and the amount of goals were not actually scoring but those two were, were pivotal um, there was plenty of games where they were under the cosh Millwall away springs to mind and they were excellent and uh, they were certainly excellent today and yeah it's such, such a Premier League affirming result and performance because you did fear Brighton and Watford that the wheels had come off and uh, it, it might be a very desperate festive swing and then a long forlorn march back to the championship but um, that result without wanting to get too carried away that result and performance I think and the return of key players i.e. Zimmerman 
uh, gives everybody a lot of hope. Um, and with Arsenal next at Car Road, uh, who are not in the best of form themselves, I think uh, City fans might be far more optimistic than they were final whistle against Watford. Yeah, I thought it was almost sort of brotherly. It was like his big brother was was back alongside him. And he, he loved him. I mean, Zimbo's only what, 26, so you can't say he, can't say he's a father figure for Ben. It's, it's definitely more along the brotherly lines. And there, there was a lot of that actually during the game, wasn't there? I mean, at one point, Alex Tetty gave Godfrey a sort of big well done slap on the chest. I suppose it is sort of pushed him away. And at full time, there was a lot of it with with Tim Krull dishing out a lot of hugs and some, I think it was Alex Tetty ran onto the pitch to give Zimmerman a, a big hug as well and Alex did actually keep the uh, captain's armband which was sort of interesting I guess Daniel thought uh, that Zimmerman didn't want, need that extra baggage today but but of course Alex Tetty is the longer serving and more experienced player so I, I guess it comes down to that at the end of the day um, uh, Godfrey probably made the more um, attention grabbing blocks and tackles and things like that during the game that, than Zimmerman so I think m- it was his overall just how he freed up everyone wasn't it and calmed everyone down and offered that leadership you know first half you could hear him saying get up step up you know pulling the defence out and he was that leader that they needed so just how how good did you think he was Connor? I think it was more so in terms of influence than performance I think as you said what it did do was give the midfield um, confidence that what they had behind them was was good enough and and worth protecting I suppose in that sense Um, I mean I think to throw another name in, into the equation, Sam Byram as well. Excellent today, I thought, coming in after uh, it's not played for a while. Had a brilliant game against Manchester City. Obviously played at Burnley with, with a slight ankle injury and, and haven't seen him since. So <clears throat> that defensive unit as a whole, I, I felt benefited him in there because of, as, as you rightly pointed to, the, the leadership skills, the way that he does shoulder responsibility and just merely presence as well. He, he looks, they look a more physical team with him in it and um, what they did have was two centre-backs and two central midfielders today who were prepared to go to, to war and, and they did and they won their battles um, and, and that was a, a massive part of why Norwich were so defensively strong but I mean that, you look at that four in general in terms of Godfrey, Zimmerman, Teti, Tribal and what you've got there is a, a really solid base to build off and we can talk about Norwich implementing a philosophy and, and, and playing a certain style of football but you have to be defensively resilient and you have to have that base to build from and I think that's why we're, we're sat here now, probably thinking about how good the fullbacks were today in terms. Base of, to build from. Todd yeah. kept using that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> He's been listening to us, obviously. Um, but in, in terms of the fullbacks, I, I felt that was the most involved Norwich's fullbacks have been, certainly in possession, because they had a license to go forward. And um, I know there was a, a lot of question marks, perhaps rightly so, over that Teddy Tribal combination. But I thought again that was massive because it freed Tom Tribal to do a bit more in, in terms of in possession. So. Yeah, I, I think Zimmerman, in terms of performance, I don't think he was one of the best performers and, and one of the sort of standout performers. And I don't think it's easy to say um, that him coming back prompted that performance. I think it was it was clearly a lot of hard work in, in terms of their structure, but no doubt Norwich are a better side with him in it. And I, I don't think there's any argument against that, to be honest. I think the the one moment which really uh, made me feel they were on something good, and there's Zimmerman was back and really embracing that leadership role was I think it was about 20 minutes in Cantwell loses the ball in attack Max Ahrens has overlapped as Niso is caught out of possession and uh, Zimmerman brings Richarlison down takes the yellow card for the team that tactical foul and I'm sure everyone listening read my column in the Pinkin on Saturday morning <coughs> cough cough but <laughs> I had been uh, calling to see that 
more of a tough streak and ugly that they could do the ugly side of the game and we very much saw that today five yellow cards you know I'm not condoning them to be a dirty side but the situation they're in particularly where they need to stabilize they need to be in a position where they can allow their confidence of their attacking game to come back in once as you say they've got that solid base to build from again at the moment they've got to dig in they've got to knock teams backwards they've got to fight for their right to play good football and they did that today they they really uh, battled hard but you can't what is also unavoidable is that Everton approached this game totally wrongly didn't they and we saw at the end Marco Silva was not a popular person <laughs> and the Norwich fans jokingly began the chant of uh, you're getting sacked in the morning the Everton fans then joined in and as we saw at full time there were then some very angry punters aiming their sort of vitriol at the Everton directors I think it was Bill Kenwright the chairman wasn't it who was sort of getting the stick from one guy in particular who was shouting that he was the worst manager they'd ever had and things like that so did you find that surprising Pad that the way that they sat off and didn't press Norwich particularly well yes yeah definitely particularly as they came into the game on the back of three unbeaten beat Southampton I think the other side of the international break um as Daniel rightly said on Friday, that is a club who should be nowhere near where they are in the bottom end of the table. They, with the resource, the outlay, the historical uh, legacy of that club and the fan base they've got, then they should be at the, competing at the top end. And I think that really is where there's a lot, clearly we saw it visibly, that's where a lot of pent-up frustration is that Silver isn't maximising all the resources he's got at his disposal. You looked at the front four at the start for them Sigurdsson Cenk Tozen you've got Theo Walcott Richarlison mega mega money spent on those four Norwich's Norwich's four at the top end of the pitch was superior so I'll be very surprised if he's in post Marco Silva uh, by I don't know certainly by well yeah by the end of this (laughs) podcast by the time this podcast comes out maybe he might be gone because inevitably there's a very simple maxim in football once your fan base start to direct their anger towards the boardroom rather than a man in the dugout then that's when you tend to find uh, they're not long for this world because uh, the last thing directors or chairman or owners want is to be getting it in the neck from fans directly so you know maybe that was his final blow and if it is then it's a very sad way to bow out because I think they basically uh, disrespected Norwich I think they thought Norwich looking at the goals looking at the last seven or eight games looking at where they were in the table probably thought they could roll over them whatever Norwich threw at them they wouldn't be strong enough and, and they almost didn't need to roll up their sleeves and put in the hard hard yards they would just win that game and it's very difficult at half time because the die is, is largely cast um, certainly in the Premier League as well you know, to, to come out and they did give it a go fair enough but you know the mindset was wrong from the outset and that obviously conversely gave Norwich a lot of encouragement uh, and confidence you can see Norwich visibly growing into the game and and really Norwich should have been ahead at the break Arnel Hernandez had a, had a very good chance good save from Pickford there was two or three other reasonable counter attacking opportunities um, and really that all stems from as good as we'd, we are saying Norwich were and they were but they certainly took up an invite from a very very poor Everton and I think and Everton, who will probably be under new management very soon. You mentioned the sort of comparative value. Richarlison was, what, 50 million, Walcott 20 million. Not sure about Tosin, 
uh, and Sigurdsson would have been yeah. he was, yeah. was 30 as yeah, well wow. was 50, yeah. so we're talking about a sort of 100 million strike force up against about 2 million pounds but 1.7 on Hernandez about 350 I think it was Kenny McLean because his contract was running out of Aberdeen wasn't it a youth product in Campbell and a free transfer in Bookie so not bad going but uh, let's, as you say let's not get carried away uh, Sam Byram you mentioned him there already uh, Connor in terms of how impressed you were Pad, similarly, um, you, you know, he very much got stuck in. We'll hear a little bit of, from his interview in just a second, but um, pleased with his contribution? Oh, yeah, he's really, again, another one, three-quarter of a million, the only the only actual transfer fee outlaid last summer. And um, and that looks a snip, really does, because, you know, when he was coming through at Leeds and when he got his move to West Ham, there was, he was very, very highly regarded. Uh, he's lost his way, obviously, at West Ham. Norwich astutely have picked him up. Um and obviously, you know, understandably, Farker's put his faith in Aaron's and, and Lewis. But, you know, Man City, he was excellent that day, excellent <laughs> against Raheem Sterling. And today, he was he was very good as as well. You know, he's a he's attacking adventure as well. The amount of times he was in a box, he had a great chance second half. Uh, McLean's free kick, seven yards out, totally miscued his head, almost as if he lost it in the lights. But um, that just showed that you know he was willing to to offer that attacking threat and. Uh, as big a blow as it felt for Jamal Lewis not being in, I, I don't think I personally would be too upset to see Byram uh, in the lineup for Arsenal next Sunday because um, he deserves to keep his place, and, uh, and it's a great problem now for Daniel to have. You're starting to see now middle midfield as well. You know the amount of options who could come in. Top end of the pitch still a bit light, and they might look to address that in January. But defensively, Zimmerman and Godfrey they're going to take some shift in if they stay fit. But they need to have a little bit more competition than they have done, you know, um, because that's the only way they're going to drive the standards on and maintain that consistency. That's the key now. There's no point in doing this today and having a good result, good performance, and then it takes another four or five games to pick up the next win. They need to find a consistency in the results as well as the performances. Yeah, I think it would be very difficult to drop Sam on the basis of that performance. So let's hear from the man himself. Obviously, it's, it's really good to get a, a win. Um, you know, we've not had... Um, Sort of much luck in our last few games, so to, to come away from home and, and put on a solid performance and, and take the three points, you know, everyone's very happy. You know, it's sometimes good to um, you know have a week without a match. Um, you know, we can assess sort of where we can improve. Um, you know, group together again as a team, and um, you know the team spirit the past week has been has been really good. And um, you know, I think today that showed. I think we was together. You know, we were solid. We defended very well. Um, obviously, they had a, a few good chances, but. Um, like I said, I think we defended well as a team, and, and that's shown with the win. Playing left back, have you played there much in your career? You can you can uh, play both sides, can't you? I've, I played there a few times um, in pre-season at West Ham, and then the match against United the other week, but not not a great deal. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm happy to be on the pitch and happy to, to help the team win. Yeah, did you feel comfortable? I mean, uh, do you sort of feel comfortable with both feet as well? Yeah, I've been practising a lot with my left foot, obviously, with um, <clears throat> Jamal sort of being in and out with, with a niggle. Um, you know, you need to be ready um, for stuff like that. So, you know, I've been practising in my spare time and, um, you know, I feel like I'm getting better and, and more sort of naturally um, two-sided. So, yeah, I feel comfortable there. When you came through when you were younger, obviously I didn't see too much of you play, but you were talked about as being oh, very, Sam, no. <laughs> as being a very attacking player. But you seem to really enjoy getting stuck into things as well. Is that fair? Yeah, I love defending. Obviously, as a fullback, that's your, your main job. Um, you know, 
a lot of modern day fullbacks, you, like you say, they, they attack first. Um, but for me, I love defending as much as attacking, and, and um, you know, it's something I, I pride myself on trying to get the better of the winger and um, you know, really help the team be solid. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. Okay, before we uh, finish analysing this excellent away day, uh, I should just remind you that the show is brought to you by Archant Podcasts. And if you ever want to get in touch with us, then please do on the pinkin at archant.co.uk. If you don't already subscribe, then please do. And we're always very welcoming of reviews or ratings. Uh, so, uh, But primarily, thank you for listening, because you're already doing that. So <laughs> I always hate those bits in podcasts when it's like, oh, can you please like and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. I saw, I'm already listening, mate. Get on with it. Right, which we're going to do. Todd Campbell scores the goal, 54th minute, uh, and it's all triggered by Christoph Zimmerman. Nice long ball forward, Kenny McLean nods it down, Timu Pukki gets Cantwell through, and he beats the England number one quite calmly, tucking into the bottom right-hand corner past Jordan Pickford. And a big goal for Todd, and a third of the season, and I think that's probably laid down a real marker for him. Yeah, it has, and I was uh, sat, in, sat in the press box long before, uh, or long after you, you guys have both left, and there, there are a few... Um, Evertonian media in there who who were saying that he was different class today and and uh, you know who's this who's this Campbell kid where, where have they sort of picked him from really? yeah which which was quite interesting really um, uh, I, I thought it was a big goal for him given you know Buendia had, had been dropped and the mantle had been dropped for for him I suppose um, and he certainly grasped it that's that's for sure and uh, a really good performance and considering again he, he had that really good start to the season where he almost burst onto the Premier League scene didn't he with some really good performances and uh, again maybe lost his ways a bit strong but has, has um, certainly dipped in and out of form and came back today with what I thought was a, a really good performance and, and actually I think you could say that of, of probably Norwich's front four um, were very good today and I think we've, we've sat here probably for the, the last four or five weeks talking about how isolated Pukki was certainly wasn't the, the case today I, I think a massive part of that was Kenny McLean and you mentioned him there in terms of his contribution for Norwich's first goal and win that header I'd like I'd like to see his aerial stats today because he won the majority of, of headers against uh, two in, imposing centre-backs and, and also some, some fairly strong midfielders as well but his all-round game I think was, was excellent I, I said to Pad as we were watching the game I think that was probably his best game in Norwich shirt since, since he's been at the club um, in a more advanced position he Gave Norwich the physicality which Steepman does or offers really well, but but equally um, a bit of athleticism to, to get them up the pitch in, in support of Pukki. And it was noticeable for that Campwell goal that Campwell actually burst beyond Pukki. It's very mm. rare that we've seen a midfielder do that, and it seems to me that's because of the way the midfield was and how how much balance there was. And Kenny McLean was was a key part of that. And, and for me. Um, uh, as good as Campbell was and as good as Hernandez was as well and uh, we just spoke about Sam Byram Sam Byram was massive for Hernandez I thought today um, Kenny McLean I think was, was probably man of the match for me Yeah I, I would agree that was his best Premier League performance definitely I felt like he's been a bit of a passenger at times um, mm. so far this season so a step forward for Kenny um, and, and Todd sort of uh, I, I will bring you a little bit of uh, or a chunk of his interview shortly and 
he had sort of um, described how as the game went on they started to recover their confidence they started to realise that they could get into Everton and their uh, young defender Mason Holgate who looked very good at right back for West Brom in the, the game against Norwich last year at the Hawthorns he was playing centre back and he struggled a bit and I think Norwich started to think hang on we can get in behind here So, um, but to go from there uh, of course Daniel substitutes sort of all worked out really Todd, t- Todd turned his ankle um, a little bit um, just tweaked his left ankle and he was in a protective boot in the in the mix zone afterwards but he said it was just a precaution hopefully nothing wrong Buendia although he did have a couple of um, uh, worrying defensive moments I suppose we should say that I dare say Daniel Farker will be bringing up with him in the uh, rewatch of the game uh, he did set up the goal he just sort of bundled the ball through to Shrebeni who'd also come off the bench so uh, and Amadou, oh, we were worried when Amadou came on, weren't we? We thought it was going to be Brighton all over again because uh, yes. it's still 1-0. Norwich are defending a free kick from the very uh, decent Lucas Dean who's got a good left foot on him. Um, and Amadou goes into that defence and you say, oh, not again. And Amadou wins the header. That was a, that was a great <laughs> a great moment, really. But then Shrebeni, come of the moment, come of the, uh, come of the hour, come of the man, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was... <laughs> Kind of the, anybody who hasn't seen it, go and watch the goal. I mean, it, it kind of just, as you say, pinballed at his feet. The defender's the wrong side. He just held him off, and it, not wanting to downplay the majesty of the goal, but uh, he kind of just poked it beyond uh, Pickford, <laughs> didn't he, from seven, eight yards? But a uh, great moment personally for that lad. You know, it was. A good friend of ours, Dan O'Hagan, tweeted, uh, you know, three was it three years to this weekend? He's playing in the fourth tier of German football, and. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what a journey he's been on, and uh, you know he's clear he's clearly a good uh, he's a good man to have around the squad. Judging by the fact that Daniel Farker puts a lot of faith in him in terms of the 18, so just a nice little personal reward for him because uh, he will know we're with Pookie in, the, in this group of players. His chances are probably going to be fairly limited, but uh, and that really did completely out of stroke, and you saw the, the upturned seats in quite a large way and the minute that goal went in the back of the net from the home fans trooping away um, I just completely avoided any nervy final get the ball in the mixer and, uh, and hope for the best from Everton so because that was the first or second minute of extra of uh, the additional time I think so yeah it made for a, a more relaxing finish to the game but uh, I just want to backtrack slightly on, on Buendia out and Cantwell in I did put that to Daniel uh, after the game and maybe being diplomatic but he said it was less a reflection on the you know following on from the nursery mistakes accusations he made about Emmy's uh, role in, in that opening goal against Watford he said it was really Todd over the international break has trained on uh, to a degree that he literally could not ignore his claims for a start um, and I suppose the fact that Emmy has dropped off his levels um, made it easier but Danny was very keen to package that as a reward for, for Todd Cantwell and and he carried on in that vein, got the shirt, and uh, and he'll be keeping it for Arsenal, I think. And final footnote: I like I like all the characters who were giving me uh, abuse on social media after the Watford <laughs> game when I said that Cantwell was showing a little bit more than either Sh- uh, Steeperman or Buendia had done in a brief cameo in the centre of the park. Feel free to message me again in the next few days. Uh, <laughs> tell me I do know what I'm talking about this time. 
Yeah, same. I, I'd said after Watford that I thought Todd had really offered something when he came off the bench and that I thought he'd earned a start, so I was expecting him to start. So, um, fair play to him. I, sadly, I, I didn't think about this until after I'd spoken to him, but I think he's an Arsenal fan. So, he is. I think he, I'm sure he said that in one of the club's little sort of getting to know you video type things, isn't it? That obviously he is a Norwich fan. He grew up a Norwich fan as well, but sort of his big club, I suppose, were, were Arsenal, weren't they? So, um, yeah, didn't didn't ask him about that. But here is what we did talk about, and uh, clearly a very happy man. You know, we we took the international break to to gather ourselves back together and you know regroup and look at it as a new period. And you know, coming here and, and getting a result like that is fantastic. But the reality of it is a very tough league, and you know we've got uh, you know every every game's a tough game, and we've we've really got to be at our best to, to get results. And you know, today we were we were solid, we were compact, and we looked dangerous on the counter attack. And you know, we managed to win the game 2-0, which is a fantastic result. The ankle, Todd, and is it just precautionary? Yeah, it's just precautionary. Yeah. Uh, I just got got a bit of a kick on it, and you know, it's obviously it's not in its best shape at the moment. But yeah. no, I, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Got kicked off a little bit there. Max is straight into the yeah. sort of pretension. <laughs> obviously, they're frustrated. You know, they're frustrated about about the result, and you know, it, it, in in those sort of situations, I think you just have to keep your cool, and you know, nothing drastic that could change the game. So I think you know, he's just obviously protecting me, and you know, I appreciate that. Isn't it funny how much of a difference one result can make? You know, two weeks is difficult because you have to dwell on it for so long, but all of a sudden it just feels like. Well, or does it feel to you like it, you can almost sort of start again from here? Yeah, I, I think honestly, we, you know, we've we've looked at the next run of games and gone right. We need to forget about what's happened. You know, um, we can't change the past. We can only only change the future. And I think, like I said, coming here and getting this result is a fantastic start to that. Okay, just finally then, boys, and then we better head for home. Uh, back to Norfolk. We've still got what two uh, two and a half hours probably, if we're lucky, ahead of us. Um, and looking ahead, looking ahead to that Arsenal game, of course. There's still going to be plenty of uh, of pressure on Unai Emery. They were they needed a late equaliser to draw 2-2 with a real struggling side in Southampton today, didn't they? So um, I suppose we're probably hoping that they don't make a change before then. Although of course Maurizio Pochettino is on the market. Uh, I, d I can't see Poch doing that personally, but um, you never know. Sol Campbell went to Arsenal all those years ago, didn't he? So and, and they have just sacked Poch, so he may well. Uh, of uh, you know a bit of that loyalty may well have seeped um, ever since that uh, uh, that happened earlier this week. Um, in terms of how Norwich approached this, I think with that, as far as I see the situation now, they this is like the base level they've got to perform at now. They, they're still going to have to play better than they played today if they're going to let alone survive. If they want to get anywhere near a sort of mid-table safety, they're going to have to play a lot better than they did today. This is a starting point. This is a stabilising game, a confidence-boosting victory. They've got to build on this, haven't they? So if they even take their foot off the gas a tiny little bit, they've got no chance of beating a team as good as Arsenal, have they? No, I completely agree. I, I think Norwich will be uh, sitting with their, their fingers crossed open that the uh, the news that Emery is, is in the dugout next week. I think it'll either be him or, or Freddie Lundberg anyway. Um, I didn't even realise Lundberg was there until people were talking about yeah, that. Yeah, um, I, I think that seems a, an easy fix, doesn't it, in, in, in your social mould of getting fans back on side quickly. But no, I, I think it's a game Norwich will fancy, to, to be honest. Uh, they looked re-energised today. They looked like they'd, they'd found some confidence over the international break and um, had almost taken things back to basics a little bit. And uh, I mean, there, there were numerous points where... Um, they, they opted not to play short, which was interesting given um, how entrenched Daniel Farker is in, in that view of how they should do it. And it, it almost felt like um, they completely stripped it all back and said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to be organised, we're going to be defensively sound. And I think they've got to use that as a template. And, and we sat here after Manchester City and 
said, look, that, that's the basis of what they need to do if they're going to survive in terms of a performance and in terms of a structure and ensuring they get that structure on a more consistent basis is, is going to be pivotal. And look, Arsenal's still got some unbelievable talent. We can sit here and, and name four or five like we just have done with Everton. And if Norwich are to nullify them in, in, in the same way, then it's going to be crucial that they are defensively resilient and, and, and robust and show that streak that they show today. I think, what, five yellow cards, which is fairly unprecedented for a Norwich side um, under Daniel Farker. So it's, it's, it's all very well and good saying that today was a good performance, but they need to make sure that, like Manchester City, it wasn't just a one-off and it wasn't um, because Everton were so poor. It was because, actually, uh, they imposed and applied themselves well enough. So... A big test. I think Carroll Road is, is going to be well up for it after yeah, after that definitely. result. And um, even, even if Norwich can manage a point, then that continues the momentum going into two massive fixtures against Southampton and Sheffield United. So, um, yeah, all to, all to play for. And suddenly it feels like the, the, the mood music has, has changed drastically again. And it's amazing what a win can do in the Premier League. Yeah, it does. Every win feels much bigger and every defeat feels much more drastic in the Premier League, doesn't it? Because you don't have another game three, four days later to, to shake it off and change the narrative. But uh, yeah, what you're saying there, I agree. And that's what we needed to see. They needed There needs to be an acknowledgement. They were bottom of the league. They were in trouble. They had lost six of seven and scored two consolation goals in that run. It was, you know, rock bottom. They needed to change things. And, and frankly, they have managed to do that. Um, moving forward then, Pad, um, how, how do you... How do you see them finding a way of, of sustaining that sort of kind of performance level? Well, I think, I mean, the confidence they must take from that. I mean, Daniel said that emerged from what, quotes a buzzing dressing room. So you can imagine that self-belief. We saw the scale of the celebrations at the final whistle. We touched on it earlier. Um, there was a lot of relief, I think, in those celebrations that, you know, particularly the younger players, the confidence can drain very quickly, uh, and we've seen that they look a little bit more inhibited than they were certainly last season and the start of this. Um, you can imagine now Monday morning, Colney will be a great place to be part of. Um, they will be buzzing uh, all over again, and now they will, now they'll be looking forward to Arsenal instead of you get beat here today and it's you know eight games without a win and you're probably further adrift to the, to the bottom of the table. Uh, and you know that Arsenal have probably got the ammunition to hurt you, which is still obviously the case. Abama Yang and, and Lacazette are as good as probably front two as any in the division. But now Norwich players and fans will relish the opportunity to give them a bloody nose, so to speak, and, and just maintain Norwich's curve. And I think it is its fine margins. You know, as much as they've fell the wrong side of it too often in this run, it can quite conceivably go the other way. You've seen, you know, teams like Sheffield United. It, they don't have better players for me than Norwich. I mean, last season showed it. Uh, they've added okay one or two in the summer, but they managed to harness that momentum and continue building on it. And, and Norwich let it slip, unfortunately. So hopefully, as you rightly say, Dave, that this is a line in the sand. They get another positive result against uh, Arsenal, and then, like Connor says, two imminently winnable games. And then you're going into the real meat of the festive period, possibly outside the bottom three. And what a great result that would be. Yeah, there's no way you can get carried away. They've got <laughs> Lacazette, Pepe, Obama. Yeah, they don't have yeah. Dennis Rubeni. They don't have the icon. But <laughs> I think most people will be turning up at Carrow Road, frankly, on Sunday. They're, they're, it will be the Zimbo Appreciation Society. Everyone's going to want to see that man back. 
and in Norwich City shirt and I think there'll be a lot of people who want to see him with the armband on that bicep as well because I think he is most people's captain uh, if we're if we're totally honest I know Grant Hanley is club captain and was good enough to give us that interview last week but um, he even admitted that you know it's not felt like being a proper captain because he hasn't been able to play but he desperately wants that to be the, you know that situation to change of course he wants to play and he wants to be the captain but as things stand I think if you were to say Norwich City who is your captain if you're going to stand up on that table and say <laughs> what's the phrase from uh, Dead Poets Society <laughs> um, oh captain my captain I think you're going to be talking about Christoph Simon in Norwich City terms aren't you Dave, it's time to wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> yeah alright fair enough as ever this is your podcast as much as it is ours so please do get in touch with us if you ever want to uh uh, ask us to talk about anything in particular on the podcast you know where we all are on social media but thank you very much for listening it's great to have something positive to talk about again we will build up to that Arsenal game throughout the week head over to pinkin.com to relive all of Saturday's fun and games and as I say we'll build up to Arsenal from here thanks for listening